listening to the Paul McGuire Report. I'm Paul McGuire. In the last several years, as I devoted a lot of time praying, seeking the Lord, crying out to God, studying and meditating in His Word from Genesis to Revelation, and really asking the, asking the Lord over and over again, God, as I would come boldly to the throne of grace, appropriating the blood of Jesus Christ, which cleanses me of all sin, cleanses you of all sin, and therefore I could come boldly to the throne of grace to find an ever-present help in time of need. And so from the perspective of the throne room of the universe, which is beyond the dimensions of space and time, the fourth dimension, if you will, except it's probably more accurately uh, called the spiritual dimension. And I say that because there was a particular author in Korea who wrote a book on the fourth dimension, and it was very controversial and not always that biblical. And I've never promoted his writings or teachings because they weren't always biblical. But there is a fourth dimension, not necessarily the way he described it, but there is a fourth dimension. So as I began to study heavily uh, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, string theory, and uh, developments and discoveries in the field of science and physics that go back to the 1800s and then exploded in the early 1900s, and then finally, you know, science was ruled by dogma. Science is perhaps one of the, the most fundamentalist religions there is. Now, think about this. People who believe the Bible literally and at, it, at its plain meaning are, are called in a disparaging manner uh, fundamentalist Christians, like, like you know, you, you're very evil and narrow-minded. But the Supreme Court defined um, Humanism, existentialism, our Supreme Court of the United States of America defined humanism as a religion because they couldn't prove humanism. It was just a matter of faith. Now, isn't that interesting? Our children are being forced to accept humanism as if it was true, but when the day, <laughs> when the day is done, it, it, it's no different than a religion. It takes faith. Uh, to to believe in it. So, uh, science, humanism, physics, biology, they all require faith. They all require faith uh, to to believe in them because there isn't enough uh, scientific empirical evidence. There's not enough documentation. There's not enough fossil records. There's not enough, if you will, scientific proof that the dogmas of science and humanism are true. So let me give you another example. Uh, science believes, science and humanism go, go hand in hand. They're both religions. Never forget that. They're both religions. So in the religion, and they call the religion, by the way, scientism, as, as science being a religion. So science was supposed to be something that was totally based on logic and reason and documentation and what was called by scientists empirical proof. That means evidence, measurements um, that constitute more than legal proof, scientific proof that, that some thesis, 
some hypothesis, some theory is indeed true. So um, science has fallen apart over the last hundred plus years because it keeps promoting dogmas as if it was a fundamentalist religion, scientism, capital S. And the dogmas that, that science is promoting, such as the theory of evolution, notice that it's a theory because it's never been proven. The theory of evolution proposed by Charles Darwin, and in his theory, man randomly evolved um, through a random mixture of particles and chemicals and stuff uh, going back 200 million to 300 million years. And so all this sand blowing around and dust and microbes and, and whatever you want to add to the, to the, to the soup, um, you have these beginning creatures that supposedly evolve into mankind. But it didn't happen that way. You say, well, how can you be so, so uh, certain that it didn't happen that way? It didn't happen that way because there's no proof whatsoever. There's no scientific empirical proof whatsoever that science um, is the product of reason, rationale, documentation, evidence, and the empirical method. So the empirical method is when scientists find, let's say, uh, thousands of fossil records or hundreds of thousands of fossil records, and then they use different techniques to date the age of the fossil records, and they can determine based on empirical evidence under a microscope, using an electron microscope, uh, uh, exhaustive measurements, they come up with evidence, they say it's evidence, that Darwin's theory of evolution is not a theory, it's a fact, and that man evolved from nothing. Some dead pebble that fell off some dead asteroid, and then it spun into space randomly and, and, and landed on some puddle on one of the moons of, of the planets of our solar system. And, and that is how mankind and the Earth and the gravitational poles, etc., etc., came into being. But notice that requires that you suspend your logic, suspend your reason, and that you, uh, theoretically, you should come up with empirical evidence, mathematical, scientific proof that proves that what you're proposing, your thesis, is true. But they have none. And, and that's probably the single most, the, the biggest example of, of the old parable, uh, the emperor has no clothes. So all the, the generals and the soldiers and, and the royalty and, and the wealthy people came together in this nation, and they were going to go watch a parade uh, where the emperor of, of this nation was going to uh, go down the parade route in, in this finery, this clothing that was weaved from gold and the most expensive fabrics, and they were going to praise the king for his impeccable taste. Now. Um, somebody privately conned or bewitched the king, most likely uh, an unemployed fashion designer. And he told the king that he's preparing this suit, hat, shoes, buckles, and everything else, and it was made of the most exotic, imported, expensive clothing anywhere on planet Earth. So the monetary value this, this fashion designer, designer told the emperor, 
the monetary value of his his suit was priceless. And then he was going to walk down in front of his admiring crowds, and they were going to praise him. And he was going to, you know, uh, wave at everybody from his convertible carriage and his horsemen and his soldiers in front of him and behind him. And there was a little boy who was innocent and and had not yet mastered the adult uh, art of lying in in certain social situations when necessary. So this boy uh, was was innocent, and therefore he didn't lie. He just called it like it was. He just said things because that's what he saw. And that's it. No lying, no playing social games, no buttering people up, you know, all the things that adults do. So the king goes out into the street, and, and the boy looks at the king, and the boy is horrified. He's horrified because the king is butt naked. <laughs> the king doesn't have any clothing on him at all. He's as naked as naked could be. He's as naked as Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden uh, after the fall of man. But everybody is praising the king out loud and telling him what an what a incredible outfit you have and how, how well it's made and weaved, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the people are standing up and, and, and worshiping and praising the king, as, as people do. And this young boy shouts out, in front of all the crowd and the, the, the armies and everybody, the, the young boy cries out, the emperor has no clothes at the top of his lungs. And, and finally, there's an awkward pause, an awkward silence, and then all of a sudden there's snickering and, and giggling and laughter, and then there's roaring laughter as all the people under the authority of the emperor are laughing their heads off because somebody took a pin and popped the balloon. And the, the illusion has been destroyed, and indeed, the, the emperor is not dressed in this fabulous, expensive outfit. The emperor is butt naked, and the only one who had the guts to proclaim it was the young boy who said, the emperor has no clothes, and the people started laughing their heads off. Now, this story, this fairy tale, this, this parable of the emperor has no clothes reveals a reoccurring condition among cultures, among mankind, in politics, in entertainment, in, in any area where mankind bestows upon other men and women, you know, the title of king or queen or Nobel Prize winner or some uh, prize or some adulation or some uh, public official acknowledgement of the person's greatness and intelligence and heroism or whatever. And many times, although there's nobody to say it like that young boy, but many times it turns out to be a case of the emperor has no clothes. He's butt naked. There's nothing to celebrate uh, the emperor about because he doesn't have any clothes on. And once somebody dares to pop the balloon, and once somebody dares to vocalize uh, a dissenting opinion, in this case it was a young boy and everybody knew of his innocence because he was a young boy. But sometimes a person who is the one that vocalizes the unpleasant truth can often be somebody who happens to be an expert, highly acclaimed in, in the field uh, or area that he's making a proclamation about. And so 
There have been many times in the culture of the United States of America, the European Union, in, in the presidency, in the Queen's House in uh, uh, London, and in all these official pompous, uh, you know, with the Ivy League schools and so on and so forth, um, men and women have raised their voices in contradiction and have exposed the lie, the hypocrisy, by saying the emperor has no clothes. So on the Paul McGuire report today, among the many things we're going to say, I want to say to you unequivocally that when it comes to the Great Reset, formally called the New World Order, which is pompously being promoted by all the mainstream media as, as some pinnacle of man's perfection, I want to look directly into your eyes and tell you, when it comes to the global reset, I want to tell you these words. The emperor has no clothes. The global reset is one of the worst designed systems ever conceptualized by mankind in human history. The concept of the Great Reset, where a promise is made to the masses of working class, working middle class, middle class people all over the world, they're being told by the globalist elite or the Luciferian elite, they're being told that uh, the Great Reset, in, in the Great Reset, you're going to get paradise on earth. And in the Great Reset, you will, this is their tagline, you will own absolutely nothing, but you will never be happier in your whole life. Now, that's a contradiction. Are you aware of anybody who has considerable wealth or, or lots of wealth or a billionaire or a trillionaire? And let's say you read about them, et cetera, et cetera. Anywhere in your consciousness or memory, are you aware of a trillionaire, a billionaire, a super capitalist, one of these super wealthy people from these 12 uh, richest families in the world? Are you aware of any of these super, super rich capitalists, the wealthiest people in the world? This means we're talking about these people only compose 1% of the global population. So they represent only 1% of the global population, but they control 99% of all the wealth and riches. So on planet Earth, just 1% of the super rich own and control the rest of the 99% of all the wealth and riches. Now, have you known of any case where these trillionaires and billionaires are giving away what they own? Oh, yeah, they give away what they own for tax savings. They give away what they own through very clever legal tax vehicles called foundations. But their foundations are just a sneaky way of passing on their wealth and riches to their children and grandchildren and so on and so forth. And it's just when, they, when the super rich like Bill and Melinda Gates create a foundation, it's done so basically for the purpose of hiding or sheltering their massive wealth from governments and taxes and things like that. It has nothing to do in reality with genuine altruistic giving based out of love. Okay? That's like 100% certainty. 
So just 1% of the population, the super rich, controls 99% of the wealth. And you look at any, you know, I read magazines where I'm buying groceries in the store and stuff. And, you know, sometimes there'll be an article in some magazine that I read, I don't know, about a month ago. And uh, it was like the top, the top 50 yachts in all the world. The fifth, the 50, the top 50 most palatial, spectacular yachts that are owned by the trillionaires and the big time billionaires in all the world. So you saw the exterior of these magnificent yachts. You saw the interior of these yachts. They had, for example, built in very classy submarine launching uh, platforms underneath the water so they could go you know, and check out all the beautiful uh, uh, scenery underwater. These yachts contain, you know, three or four different helicopter landing pads. They had numerous highly, highly expensive boats that that would be connected to these super yachts. And, and these yachts were, every yacht you saw, and they said who owned it, like Jeff Bezos and, and uh, Elon Musk and, and Zuckerberg and so on and so forth. But every one of these yachts was like a castle on water. It was, there's no way to describe the wealth, the power, the beauty that, that these yachts represented. So do you think that during the Great Reset, that, that these super trillionaires are going to share their yachts with ordinary people? Are they truly going to own nothing? Do you, are you aware of any time in human history where the super rich and the super wealthy have ever, have ever given away their enormous wealth, their multiple mansions and houses, their multiple yachts, their incredible assets, their gold bars, their trillions of dollars? Are you aware in all of human history, and that includes the super civilization and the pharaohs and the kings and the queens, are you aware of any person that is in the super rich that that actually gives away their wealth and own nothing. Well, you know the answer. It, it's so staring at your face, you'd have to be an idiot not to know the answer. The answer is, of course not. None of the super rich, none of the super wealthy ever give away any portion of their fortunes. They keep their fortunes till they die, and then they pass it on to their kids. And that's a universal. There's no exceptions to it. So if they really intended, the super rich, the members of the World Economic Forum, if they ever seriously intended to give away their vast resources, their money and their mansions, well, they would kind of indicate that or telegraph that. You would be able to read about them and say, well, gee, yeah, this person would do that because they're giving away their stuff right now. I'm not talking about giving it away for tax reasons. No, they never give it away. So what, what, what delusion, what psychosis, what did you snort in the morning that is, was a powerful drug that bent your mind and warped your mind? What, what substance did you take that warped your mind to the point that you actually believe this lie that they're going to give away their wealth and that you'll be absolutely happy when you own absolutely nothing? They don't do that, but they want you to do that. Now, let's stop right here. Uh, we're going to come back and expose the, the secret why. And this is important. This is, this is a secret 
of many among of Mystery Babylon. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report on Paul McGuire, and we're going to be back in just a moment and expose the secret reason why. Hi, this is Paul McGuire. Okay. Um, the people that control planet Earth, they're highly organized. It's a hierarchy. It's a hierarchical uh, organizational flow chart structure. It's best symbolized by the pyramid on the back of the U.S. dollar bill, which is a pyramid structure. And it's actually an occult symbol and an occult replica of the Tower of Babylon, or the Tower of Babel. And it says on, on the bottom of the pyramid, on the back of the dollar, it says on the base of the pyramid, Nuvos Order Seclorum, or New, New Order of the Ages, or New World Order. So the meaning of the, the pyramidical structure is New World Order. Now, um, the Great Reset, according to people like the heads of, of the World Economic Forum, is designed to be the replacement of the New World Order. They're just rebranding it because basically it's a communist Marxist, uh, a communist Marxist mechanism desi designed to steal the wealth from the middle class and working class. And um, it's designed to create a very sophisticated wealth transfer mechanism out of the working class, the working middle class, the middle class, and like a giant vacuum cleaner, it's going to suck up all the money and assets, assets and what? what wealth remains in, in the lower classes as compared to the elite globalist uh, class that rules the earth. Now, I talk about all of this intensely in my, my brand new book, Power from on High, 400 and something pages. Just came out today, by the way. And if, if, you, if you mobilize yourself and go to paulmcguire.us, that's paulmcguire.us, you can get yourself a copy of Power From On High, and you'll get a financial discount, you'll save money, and you can also get it in a multiple copy discount, or you can get packages of Power From On High with my other books, which added together, um, they, they open up the matrix for you, but from a biblical perspective, not an occult perspective. So you can get a discount on Power from on high, uh, a prophecy of the future of America, volume one and two, the day the dollar died, conquering the matrix, uh, the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world. And you can see just some of the 37 books that I've written right behind me uh, on the bookshelf here in the studio of the Paul McGuire Report. So um, if you order now, you'll save money. So if I was you, I'd jump on it. Many of you, you're going to buy it anyway, okay? Uh, so you might as well get it at a discount. And again, it just came out today. So I thank God for that. It took three years to write. The most important book I've ever written, okay? Fasting, praying, seeking the Lord, endless research, because I was crying out to God, and I, and I have all this information about, I expose why the world is the way it is. I expose in power from on high why the world works the way it does. 
I I expose in the book Power from on High the secret puppet masters that are secretly pulling the strings on the human race, and and it's the people in the human race that are the puppets of the of the Luciferian or globalist elite, and the globalist elite or Luciferian elite are the puppet masters secretly. And I'm not just saying, I, I prove it. This is the secret of mystery Babylon that has been going on since the fall of mankind. And I get into that in detail. So, for example, what is the fall of mankind? Most of you know. Adam and Eve deliberately disobeyed God's word, and they chose to break God's word, and they decided to eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, which caused, which caused the death force uh, to be activated on earth and in their lives. They started to die, and the human race was degrading and dying, and the sinful nature of man began to, to kick in. Now, what happened, there was a, this is very, very critically important, and I explain it in Power from on High, and I, I know I sound like I'm selling a book, but guess what? Unapologetically, I am selling a book, because this is the most important book I've ever written, because it explains complex but very powerful truths in a fast-moving, understandable way. So, so, for example, the fall of man, Adam and Eve disobey God, eat from the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. The reason they did that is Lucifer was inhabiting a reptilian being in the Garden of Eden, and he seduced, first Eve, then Adam, he seduced them into disobeying God's word. And then when they did disobey God's word, Lucifer lied to them. Lucifer said, look, you're going to be like God. If you eat that fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, you're going to be just like God. So with the seduction promise that they would be like God, or just like God's, that enticed uh, Adam and Eve to disobey the Lord. And then they were naked, and they were ashamed, they, they uh, began to die, their bodies and minds began to die, they were filled with fear, and, and worst of all, you see, when God created, and I need you to track with me, this is so imperative, this is what I'm about to share with you, many of you know. It's a revelation from God's Word that when you process it and understand it, it will break the chains off of your slavery and set you free. So what happened was, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and in a sense obeyed Lucifer in the form of a reptilian being, Lucifer was the most powerful fallen angel who was leading a coup d'etat against God, a revolution against God. So Lucifer and an army of one-third of the fallen angels began a spiritual revolution on earth that is continuing up to the present moment, and Lucifer's design is to overthrow God, kick God off his throne room, and Lucifer, his endgame is he wants to be God, sit on the throne of God in the rebuilt temple of Jerusalem in Israel in the last days. And together, Satan or Lucifer is going to possess the Antichrist, or the false Christ, and the Antichrist, in conjunction with the false prophet, 
are going to control the new world order, now called the Great Reset. And they are going to bring about what is prophesied in the book of Genesis, what is prophesied in the book of Revelation. They're going to bring about a one-world government, a one-world religion, and a one-world economic system. The global government predicted in the account of ancient Babylon in Genesis, and then it's also predicted in the book of Revelation. The coming of the new world order and the global government, the global religion, and the global economic system. So you have the Antichrist who's worshipped as God, the false prophet heads up the one world religion and the one world economic system, the false prophet is the transhumanist revolutionary. The false prophet is the transhumanist revolutionary who organizes a world system along with um, the Antichrist and forces all men to receive the mark of the beast, which is a nanochip implant, 666. And if you want to eat or be plugged in to survive and be plugged into the world system through the wireless um, nanochip, you can communicate through the wireless system via satellite, you will be plugged into the world brain and the hive mind. You can buy and sell only if you have that nanochip implant. But in order to get the nanochip implant, you're going to have to pledge your worship uh, to the Antichrist as God, and you're going to have to pledge your worship to um, receiving the mark of the beast, 666, And when you do that, and only when you do that, you will be able to buy and sell in the world system, which is ultimately headed up by by Lucifer. Now, the critical thing is you've got to understand this, because everything that I've just uh, sketched out for you is happening right now. You and I are living in the time period where the, the dawn of the microchip implant is happening. And it's happening because they're embedding human bodies and minds all over the world. Hundreds of millions of people are receiving a nanochip implant, which is a wireless transmitter and broadcaster, and they're plugged into the world brain or hive mind. And they have to worship the Antichrist and worship the false prophet. And this is Lucifer or Satan's satanic organizational hierarchy that allows Satan and Lucifer and one-third of the fallen angels and all of humanity that has received the mark of the beast, 666, they will go into planetary slavery under the rulership of Satan or Lucifer, who is the temporary god of this present world system, as depicted in detail in the prophecies of the book of Revelation. Now, here's the critical thing. 84%, approximately 84% of evangelical or Bible-believing Christians do not teach, refuse to teach, on the book of Revelation, on the prophecies of the book of Revelation. They won't even look at it. And if they do teach anything from the book of Revelation, they will choose an isolated verse out of context. Despite the fact that the book of Revelation is the only book in the Bible in which there's a warning at the beginning of the book of Revelation 
and a warning at the back of the book of Revelation that if you read and teach the book of Revelation faithfully and interpret it faithfully, your name will be written uh, in the book of life and you will live for all eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven. That's a powerful promise. Eternal salvation and you will live forever with Jesus in heaven. But if you're like the 84% of Christians and Christian churches, 84% of evangelical churches, 84% of so-called Bible-believing Christians, then you fit into another category. Because in the beginning of Revelation and the end of Revelation, it warns that if you distort the teaching of the book of Revelation, if you misteach the book of Revelation, if you change the plain meaning of the book of Revelation, if you alter it in any way, God warns you in the first chapter and second chapter of the book of Revelation, God warns you that your name will be blotted out from the book of life, and you will not be allowed in heaven. You will be sent into the lake of fire for all eternity. Then when you go to the end of the book of Revelation, you read the warning again that anyone who refuses to teach the book of Revelation Anyone who distorts it or changes its plain meaning or confuses its plain meaning, any church or minister or whatever that does not faithfully teach the book of Revelation, your name is going to be blotted out of the book of life and you're not going to be allowed to enter into heaven. You will be sent directly into the lake of fire. So, what is that? God lives in another dimension beyond space and time. At one time, scientists and society believed that the only dimensions that existed were the dimensions of our physical reality that could be perceived by our senses, like touch, like sight, like hearing, like taste, and so on. Your physical sensory perception uh, determined what dimension you lived in. Now, uh, in the last 200 years, science has discovered through quantum physics, quantum mechanics, scalar scalar physics, modern science has discovered that there are at least 11 different dimensions, possibly more, 11 plus dimensions that compose our world, our being, and our reality. And so, That branch of physics, which discovered the 11 dimensions, is known as quantum physics. Quanta is is the scientific term for the smallest bit or particle that there can be. So according to quantum physics, we live in a world of at least 11 dimensions, and God lives in the dimension beyond space and time. That's where his throne room is. That's where heaven is. and that's where this, the fourth dimension is, where the spiritual world is. And so, science has finally discovered that there are multiple dimensions. And not only that, science has discovered that there are beings or entities, or what Christians call demons or fallen angels. They are the inhabitants of um, the fourth dimension or the spiritual world. You're listening to the Paul McGuire Report Report on Paul McGuire. We will be back in just a minute to find out more about 
the multidimensional nature of our reality and how knowing that in the proper perspective sets us free. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. This is the Paul McGuire Report. Okay, quantum physics, uh, synchronicity, the multiverse, the real meaning of the matrix, all of this stuff, man. This book will blow your mind. Power from on high. Contains all of this stuff and, and my biography, my spiritual search, how I uh, went from psychedelic drugs and going through the doors of perception via Aldous Huxley's book, um, how I was raised an atheist and an existentialist, how I was deeply involved in the occult and New Age movement for <clears throat> at least 15 years or more. I experienced cosmic consciousness, the great white light, experimented with scientific, uh, experimented with psychedelic drugs, all from a scientific perspective. My major at the University of Missouri was a dual major. It was filmmaking. And it was a brand new field within the psychology department known as altered state states of consciousness. So power from on high explains the entire journey. And it is one wild ride that, that I mean, I talk about all kinds of stuff, but basically <clears throat> the spiritual journey of how I went from, hey, I was a guy that, that hated Christianity with a passion. And I was taught by my parents that the only people that could be Christians were losers, idiots, and that Christians were anti-joy, anti-life, anti-love, anti-sex. I, had, I, was, I was ingrained with the mythology that Christianity was a religion for losers until, until a number of things happened. <clears throat> I demolished at the University of Missouri in, in the debate class. Within three days of attending the class, I found myself demolishing Christian men and women, dismantling their arguments that were that they, they were trying to prove that Christianity was true, but they didn't do their homework. They, they didn't study philosophy and science, and so I verbally applied a rational wrecking ball to their anemic presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was arrogant, and, and but God's hand was on me. And somehow, don't ask me how I got there. I was invited to a Christian religious retreat in the middle of nowhere, you know, kind of like the Fields of Dreams movie in the back, ro uh, back roads of Missouri in the cornfields. And when I got at this denominational retreat, I wanted to barf because it represented everything that I couldn't stand about Christianity. And I hitchhiked home, and I tell the entire story, the complete story, in power from on high. And so, in the middle of nowhere, I was miraculously saved. And then I had the most intense and mind-blowing experience I ever had in my entire life. It was so far beyond the Eastern mystical states, the Kundalini states, the, the bliss, the cosmic consciousness, the OBEs, the out-of-body experiences, which I talk about all of this, my New Age experiences. I talk about all of this in my book, Power from One High. It was so far beyond all that. It was literally as, the, as if the sky cracked open and I saw God, but not in, this, not in the physical sense, but in a spiritual sense. 
And I take you in this book, Power from on High, which you can get at a discount now at ballmcguire.us. I take you into a deep dive, a deep dive of my journey, which will help strengthen your faith. And I can't think of a more powerful tool to, to communicate the truth effectively to people like me and maybe you, who once upon a time in Paul McGuire's life, I hated Christianity with a passion. So this book is written for all the people who hate Christianity with a passion. But they don't hate Jesus if, if they get an, the opportunity to know him. So the goal of my life, Paul McGuire Ministries and Paradise Mountain Church, the goal, the end game, is to is, was to find the meaning of life, which I found, and to communicate the meaning of life, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, to people all over America and all over the world. And one of the primary messages of my book, Power From On High, is to communicate to you that I'm not claiming to have all the answers. I'm not claiming to be this prophet on the level of Daniel or somebody. I have prophetic gifts, but that's different than claiming to be a prophet. God anoints my research. My research is prophetic. So I have a track record over the last 35, 37 years. I have a track record of impeccable, futuristic predictions outlining in great specific detail what is going to happen in the future for America and the world. And I've written it down year after year. Book after book. I've written 37 books. This is my 38th book. And you see, I don't blab about these prophecies that God gave me and then go hide when they don't come true. I can prove to you that my uh, predictive research has come true as I, I stated it would, because there's copyright dates on all of my books. So I can go back and talk about, you know, people have been attacking me. For, for 37 years or more, calling me a conspiracy theorist. And, and when I make these statements, it, it, it drives them berserk because they can't, because their, their, their own personal knowledge of science and technology is so inept that they get furious that I would dare to say things like, you know, uh, we live in a surveillance society. I was saying that 40 years ago. I was talking about the global government, global economic system, global religion 37 years ago, and I have the copyrights on my books to prove it. So I believe this book, Power From On High, will provide you with the power you need to reach people and change people's lives. Now, I want to say this on the Paul McGuire Report. I cannot accomplish what God has called me to accomplish without your help, your commitment, your prayers. This is not a lone ranger calling, okay? I can only accomplish the mission that God has called me to, to, what God has called me to communicate is this. Number one, whether you like it or not, or whether I like it or not, God is not finished with America yet. Number two is, nobody can presume to know the future of America, including me. I do know this, is God has given us a window of opportunity to reclaim our nation. God has given us the opportunity to win the spiritual battle we're in. We do not have to fatalistically be enslaved by the Great Reset. Are you listening to me? 
if somebody tells you that it's a fatalistic inevitability that we're going to be enslaved by a nanochip and the Great Reset, they're, they're giving you false information. God has given you and I and the supernatural body of Christ as distinct from the religious counterfeit body of Christ. God has given us the supernatural power of God to overcome and win the spiritual warfare victoriously. If, if we as God's people will occupy the land until Jesus comes, if we as God's people will cry out to him in prayer, and call out to him, and ask him to clothe us with supernatural power from on high, which translated means the dunamis, the explosive dynamite force of God, then we can overcome the evil one and Lucifer. We can, we can interrupt, we can fatally interrupt Lucifer's agenda for America. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Just because the Luciferians put the all-seeing eye of Horos, or Lucifer, on the back of the dollar bill, and on the base they put the words from Latin, New World Order, and you see the all-seeing eye of Lucifer towards the top of the pyramid, just because that occult symbolism is there, does not mean that they have won the spiritual war in the last days. Nor does it preclude the possibility that you and I if we seek God through repentance and crying out to God and rightly dividing his word, if we do those things in heartfelt obedience, it is very possible God will send us an authentic and biblical revival or an authentic and biblical third great awakening. That's the flashpoint. You see, we can't win the spiritual battle. We can't defeat the giants if we're using mere human willpower. We have to tap into the supernatural power of God. There's only one way that you and I can tap into the supernatural power of God, and that is to to come boldly before the Lord, boldly through the throne of grace, ask God to clothe us with power from on high, and only after we have been clothed with power from on high and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, it is then and only then that we have the supernatural power the dunamis, the dynamite explosive power of the Holy Spirit, that we have the dunamis to win the spiritual battle, even though it appears in, in, in the form of a delusion that our adversaries are giants. In reality, if we are operating within the constructs of the mind of Christ, our opponents or adversaries are grasshoppers. Perception, the power of the Holy Spirit reconfigures our perception. So we are fighting against beings that are weak little grasshoppers. Canaan is filled with grasshoppers, not giants. And when the so called giants perceive us, they perceive us as giants. So you see what God has done there? In the unseen dimension, in terms of quantum physics and quantum mechanics, when God's people are properly clothed with power from on high, and we're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God goes into our inner man and inner woman and reconfigures our perception and enhances our perception. In a sense, we become 
God's super soldiers, God's super soldiers. And as God's super soldiers in this spiritual war, our perception abilities are reprogrammed. And not only that, the anointing of the Spirit of God that's coming down upon us with power from on high is flowing into the atmosphere, the electromagnetic frequency atmosphere all around us, and changing and reconfiguring the perception abilities of our adversaries. So now they, they, they perceive, even though they're giants, they perceive themselves as grasshoppers. And when they look at us, because of this revolution in consciousness created by the power of the Holy Spirit, the giants in the land of Canaan perceive us as if we were the giants. The same thing happened to David. David was relatively small in size, but he was a formidable slingshot man. And because he had power from on high coming down upon him, he boldly walked up to to Goliath, the giant, the Nephilim giant, with the massive Syrian armies behind him and the the children of Israel armies uh, in in front of him and the children of Israel armies behind him. And David, quickened by the dunamis dynamite power of the Holy Spirit, experiences a lightning bolt flash of metamorphosis, radical transformational change. And in a nanosecond, David is quickened by the Spirit of God in his inner man. He looks into the eyes of Goliath and he thunders out these words How dare you defy the armies of the living God? He is in a consciousness absent of fear. And then he flings his slingshot, boom, and one smooth stone lands right in the center of Goliath's forehead. Now, let me take a short pause here. The forehead has spiritual significance. The mark of the beast chip is going to be placed, according to Revelation, in the forehead. Pay attention. In the forehead, or maybe simultaneously uh, in your the top of your your right hand. So so the nanochip is in the forehead and the top of the right hand. Now, the forehead in the occult in the New Age represents where the third eye is. So those people that are receiving occult power, like the Nephilim and the Rephium and Goliath and so on and so forth, his third eye or his ability to perceive the fourth dimension his ability to perceive the occultic spiritual world would have been right above his his eyebrows, the third eye that's on the back of the U.S. dollar. So when David took the slingshot, which was the armor of God, he landed that stone right in the center of where the third eye would have been in, in, in Goliath's head. And then Goliath drops and dies. Now, what that represents, what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us now, at this moment, in the center of the spiritual battle that we're in in the last days, the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us with revelation knowledge that the so called giants that we're fighting in the invisible realm or the fourth dimension, they draw their power, the occult elite, the globalist elite are drawing their power supernaturally through the regular performances of satanic rituals, 
Luciferian rituals, as well as the regular offering of animal sacrifices, human sacrifices, baby sacrifices. So, so the Nephilim, the fallen angels, the Rephium, the Luciferian armies, and the Luciferian power structure feeds off the death and destruction and murder and blood spilling of human beings on earth. Whenever Lucifer is able to mobilize his people for blood sacrifice, for satanic rituals, and so on and so forth, as the Canaanites did before Baal, as the Canaanites did before the female Baal, Ashtaroth, as the modern Canaanites do before uh, that owl statue at the, the Bohemian Grove called Chemosh, which is uh, a statue of Baal. You see, God is trying to teach his people today that our adversary, our opponents, are not, are not just flesh and blood. They're not just physical entities. They're not just science. They're not just technology. Ultimately, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. Ultimately, we're fighting the principalities and powers, the dark unseen forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Wow. And these, these beings, these entities, are, are, are like paras- parasites feeding off the life force of mankind. And, and that they're, they're like vampires. They suck the blood of mankind. And God is very soon, very soon, going to put an end to it. The end of the vampirism, the the child sacrifices, the the occult rituals, the end of Lucifer's reign and Satan's reign and and the the global government, global religion, and global economic system and the nanochip implant, implant, the end of the Great Reset and the, the Luciferian reign on Earth is within striking distance. It is ending. It is collapsing. As you and I listen to the Word of God, as you and I resonate from our inner man or woman, because our inner man or woman is the temple of the Holy Spirit, so the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. What is the Holy Spirit? It's the dunamis. It's the dynamite power of God. It's the force of God as well as the person of God. So when we, when believers are filled with the power of the dunamis, the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit, when believers are filled with that power, we resonate at a specific numerical EMF or electromagnetic frequency. And depending upon the intensity of the resonation and the numerical number of the frequency and how the numerical number of the frequency is linked up to the kingdom of God, that calls the Lord to return, among other things, and tells us that the second coming of Jesus Christ is near. So the second coming of Jesus Christ is near, and our job is to bring in the last day's soul harvest, to win millions of souls, and to use every mechanism, technology, and science at our disposal to win souls to Jesus Christ. So here at Paul McGuire Ministries, I absolutely must have your help. I'm asking you to go to the Lord in prayer and pray and ask God how much you should donate or contribute financially to this ministry. I'm asking you to be an intercessory prayer warrior for me, those associated with this ministry and my family. And I'm asking you, 
to partner with me in this ministry by spreading this message, by spreading these links far and wide to as many people as possible. Now, when we do that, when we come together as one in Christ and do that, it's then and only then that we will be victorious in the last day's spiritual battle. So it's on that note, I ask you to get yourself a copy of Power From On High. Visit paulmcguire.us. That's paulmcguire.us. Rush, get yourself a copy of Power From On High. And take advantage, please take advantage of the financial discount and the money you'll save when you get Power From On High right now. God bless you. This is Paul McGuire. Remember, nothing is impossible with God. So let's quit putting God in a box. God bless you. This is your brother in Christ, Paul McGuire. Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.